from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Well, good morning, security gang. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. Thursday, September 7th, 2023. What a packed show do we have for all of y'all this morning. It's It's been quite a week, a short week because of the Labor Day weekend here in the U.S., but nonetheless, a busy week. So with that being said, good morning to everyone again. Good afternoon. Good evening to our friends over in India and across the world. Um, thank you all for tuning in. We're live. Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, now X, Twitch, and Rumble. I know, crazy, right? Like, how many streaming platforms can one be on? <laughs> Apparently many. So with that being said, though, <laughs> we've got a really packed show today. A lot on China. A lot on China, but but there's a practitioner perspective to China that we really have to take a look at because it's it's significant because we're dealing with an adversary that's very, very sophisticated. We're going to get to that here in just a moment. So before we do that, though, for our friends in India who are drinking chai or coffee and everyone else, whatever your morning beverage is, join me for a good hearty cheers for practitioners. I'm powered by my signature double espresso coffee cup cheers, y'all. And let's go ahead and do our first deep dive of the morning, which is the Chinese stealing the Microsoft signing key from a Windows crash dump, which then led to the breach of Secretary Blinken, of the Department of Commerce, of the State Department, of several congressmen and women on several significant committees. If you recall, if we go back three months to the month of June, Secretary Blinken took a trip to China. Uh, That trip was on the heels of the challenges going on with between the U.S. and China, the, the kind of escalating relationship that's happening there, the threat of China potentially using military force on Taiwan, and so forth. And what happened at that point, again, quick crash course here for those that are tuning in for the first time, we then realized that the Chinese had infiltrated and hacked email accounts of U.S. government officials and specific NGOs That were part of that trip. And then a few weeks later, Secretary uh, Yellen also went to China. There was also stuff there. Well, Storm 0558, a government Chinese Communist Party-powered threat group, found that the MSA key was leaked into a crash dump after a consumer signing system crashed in April of 2021. So this goes back to 2021. Even though the crash dump didn't have any uh, included signing keys, The condition led to a key being added. Um, That crash dump was later moved from the company's isolated production network to its internet-connected corporate debugging environment. The threat actors found the key after successfully compromising Microsoft Engineer's corporate account. They had access to the debugging environment containing the key that was erroneously included in the April 2021 crash dump. Due to lock retention policies, they don't even have logs with specific evidence of the exfiltration by the actor, but that's the most likely probable mechanism and that goes to the idea of how much logs do you really have how long do you keep them for and how effective are they that's that's a that's this is a kind of a great test case to go how far back and what logs should we really be keeping microsoft said that when they disclosed the incident in july of this year that only exchange online and outlook were impacted um, several other organizations came out and said no there there could be more there we're not going to get into kind of some of the uh, what I like to call um, Monday morning armchair quarterbacking because none of that is really effective to help us as practitioners really understand this. Here's, here's the bottom line. 
there's there's two things to take away from this. One is your DevSecOps and your keys. You've got to have tools to recognize those. And when you do and you're able to, you know, you, you've got to be able to find it. Microsoft is a company so large. Uh, I, I don't necessarily know that, you know, if they could stop this or or what controls they could have put in place because who would have thought that this would be an attack vector? So, so we take that at face value. The second part is we've constantly got to remember we've been so crystal focused and, and a lot of the noise around it is around finance and around all these different folks that we got to defend. We're forgetting our engineers. And part of that is because there's that balance between engineering and security, but there is a real threat and every single threat actor is now going after our engineers, our developers and our engineers and our, our, our awareness programs have to be better. Our evangelism of security has got to be better. We have to be able to communicate at their language and we have to be able to explain it. So situations like this could be avoided in the future. That's, that's one of those. And if nothing else, take a look at these patches that were released for two security vulnerabilities in the Apache superset. They would given, if exploited, they would have given an attacker uh, remote code execution on affected systems. The CVEs 2023, 39.265, and 37.9.41 make it possible to conduct nefarious actions once a bad actor is able to gain control of a superset metadata database. Outside the weaknesses, the latest version of the superset also remedies a separate improper REST API permission issue that allows for low-privilege users to carry out server-side request forgery attacks. So there's that. These are now available. You want to get your Apache environments patched. Um, if you want to remember why, just Google Equifax 2017. Just say, patch your environments. IBM is notifying customers and users of the Johnson & Johnson healthcare platform that their PII may have been compromised as a result of the data breach. Uh, this is coming after the company manages the Janssen Care Path Patient Support Program. Janssen became recently aware of a vulnerability that enabled unauthorized access to the CarePath database. IBM was informed about the security hole and worked with the database provider to address the issue. So that data breach notices out, it impacts around 1.16 million patients in the U.S. Android released their security update, tackling 33 vulnerabilities, including a zero-day bug that's currently being targeted in the wild. So you want to make sure you get your Android environment patched ASAP. ASAP sorry, ASAP. ASAP. CVE 2023-35674 is a flaw in the Android framework that enables attackers to escalate privileges without requiring user interaction or additional execution privileges. These are indications that CVE 2023-35674 may be under limited targeted exploitation. Get your Android systems patched this morning, team. Multiple vulnerabilities in the open automation software platform can be exploited to bypass authentication, leak sensitive information, and overwrite files. According to Cisco, Cisco is now enabling communication and data transfer between servers and, and uh, ICS systems, IoT, and other types of devices. The OAS platform is typically used in industrial operations and enterprise environments. It also supports logging and notifications and cross-platform integration. Cisco Talus researchers disclosed eight vulnerabilities identified in the OAS platform's engine configuration management functionality. It does allow users to load and save configuration to a disk, install them on other devices. Three of the bugs are rated high severity. The most important CVE 2023, 31242-and 349-908. Two authentication bypass flaws that can be exploited using specially crafted requests. So again, there's uh, an issue there. Um, two of the remaining vulnerabilities can lead. All of these were addressed in the latest update to version 18. Please make sure to get that patched. 
Russia's fancy bear is on the move targeting Ukrainian energy facilities. This is coming on the heels of the ongoing uh, conflict between Russia and the Ukraine. The Ukrainian cert detected and explored the attack. It noted that uh, it noted in the report, cert U8 um, said that stated that the MO of the group was to use bulk phishing emails from a fake address that linked to a .zip archive so that it could ultimately gain access to the organization's system and data. The email cert UA shared include a message that read, hey, I talked to three girls and they agreed. Their photos are in the archive. I suggest checking them out on the website. Uh, I'd say classic Russian technique, but <laughs> classic Russian technique. For those who don't know, Russia's been like behind this kind of stuff all the time. It's, 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 it's actually a classic Russian technique. They may have been like, well, none of the new stuff is working. Maybe we should resort to some stuff that worked back 10 years ago. That's what they're resorting to. The attempt at the attack came after a period of peace, as Ukrainian authorities have not reported an attack on the energy sector since the autumn of last year. There is concern, however, that these attacks could resume heading into the winter as a way to punish the Ukrainian population as part of that conflict. Then we move to the Washington Post's latest cybersecurity 202 and a great write-up by uh, NSA chief and, and cyber uh, command uh, commander, former cyber command commander on China. Um, so for those who don't know, General Nakasone is now NSA Director Nakasone, has been a solid voice in cybersecurity for as many years as one can remember. He's one of the greatest advocates of security across the federal government. He's talking about the threats. Um, this was coming at the heels of a conference last week. He said in the next five years, what's changed is in this is the security environment. He goes, we've Everyone was focusing on midterm elections and intellectual property in 2018. We're not talking in 2018 anymore, but rather we are talking about the latest threat landscape. He called China our pacing challenge, while Russia an acute threat. Um, and it's good to hear him say that. That's, by the way, repeated by every single person in cybersecurity leadership in the federal government that I've spoken with in the last six months. China is the greater threat. Russia is an acute threat. Um so he touted the U.S. work countering Russian information operation in Ukraine by declassifying sensitive information about those operations, making them harder to be effective. He said CISA didn't uh, exist in its current form until nearly the end of 2018, which is true. It now plays a much larger role. Likewise, the Cyberspace Solarium Commission didn't issue its major report until 2020. So there's a huge difference between 2018 to where we are today in 2023. He said the expansion of operations into other countries for cyber command and the creation of NSA cybersecurity collaboration center have all helped raise that. Um, the future, though, according to General uh, Director Nakasone, will be China, both as a cybersecurity threat and a general intelligence problem. The U.S. will have to reckon with Beijing's for generation, according to uh, Director Nakasone. He hammered home that the Biden administration's message, message that Congress needs to reauthorize and uh, expiring surveillance authorities as an essential uh, intelligence collection, especially for cyber. Uh, but there are some questions in Congress. By by the way, it's bipartisan. So just because the president says it doesn't mean the rest of the party agrees, there is concern about how they abuse these powers. And it's a legitimate debate that I think, you know, Director Nakasone should be able to address. Um, so there's that for this morning. China, again, continues to be a threat. These are, by the way, everything that General Nakasone talked about now it's great for a board presentation. It's great for a basic briefing with executives. It's great to kind of talk to your team about it and, and, and get them to understand, understand the TTPs, understand the goals, because that's how you defend better.
that's are able to block and tackle better. And in sad news, as the uh, cybersecurity world has to deal with with multiple layoffs, obviously, and a lot of our friends, we, we constantly see this on LinkedIn, it now appears that the IronNet, the uh, network security company founded by former NSA Director General Keith Alexander, may be headed to bankruptcy. The company signaled grave financial distress in an 8K filing with the SEC warning it has run out of money and will furlough a majority of its workforce and severely severely scale back operation. The uh, IronNet raised an excess of $400 million and rolled out its Iron Dome collective defense system that promised automated and real-time sharing of threat data and analysis between participating energy companies. However, the uh, company never really took off. They went public in a SPAC transaction, struggled to gain traction against competitors like Cisco and Palo Alto, fears that they've run out of cash and the people over at IronNet may soon be on the job market. So um, if you know those folks, please tag them here so we can help them land a new spot where only as strong as our community and this cybersecurity community is the best in the world. So we will try to help as many of those IronNet furloughed employees in uncertain times. You know, there's never a good time to lose work. I remember in November of last year when uh, I was a CISO at a startup and we went out of business uh, the week of Thanksgiving, the Monday before Thanksgiving and 150 people and then another 200 contractors were all without a job. So um, that's never easy. It's a lot of uncertainty. It causes anxiety. It causes uh, uh, a lot of different things that can lead to a lot of very uh, challenging moments in one's life. So we as a community have to come together um, and help those folks uh, as much as we possibly can in finding their next role. We all know someone who's hiring. All we have to do is just send a message and say, give this person a chance. The rest is up to that person to do. But it's little things. It's the little stuff that we do uh, that changes the world. The world was changed by, by little stuff, never big stuff, little stuff. Always remember that. So that's it for our show this morning. We'll be back on Monday with a whole lot more tomorrow. Our final black hat special episode coming out. So check that out until then have a great rest of your day y'all. And most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.